Blog Talk Radio. Hey, happy Thursday, everybody. This is Thoughtful Thursday, and we're coming to the end of our very first week, and we're very excited because listeners have gone up, and uh, we've gotten some really good reviews about the show, so we're really looking forward to continuing this and adding lots of good topics. Um, Tasha, you're here. Yes, I am. <laughs> well, I'm Annette Bingham. This is Tasha Humphreys. And Hello. she's. we're kind of co-hosting together. Not kind of, we are co-hosting <laughs> together. Um, that's like being kind of pregnant. That doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Tasha, how has your week gone? How have you enjoyed this? Oh, I love this show. It's been great. Um, actually, it's been a bit therapeutic for me. I've enjoyed it that much. It's, you know, um, we had a comment from a listener yesterday, Wes Nessman. Um, I talk about him a lot. You know that I love him. Um, hey, Wes. He is a <laughs> yes. Hello, Wes. If you're listening, I don't um, know you, but I've heard <laughs> <a> lot. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome, and he's a, a very. Um, popular and infamous radio personality in Lubbock, Texas, and um, he actually runs uh, 94.5 FMX, and I was very honored that he tuned in and listened to our show, despite, via his words, he grew an ovary listening, uh, despite that. <laughs> I love that, that tragedy for him. Yeah. Um, but he left a comment, you know, um, talking about how, you know, it's it must be difficult for us to... He's, a, he's kind of amazed that we don't talk over each other more than we do because, you know, we're not in the same room and we're not in the same city. And I uh, I kind of laughed and, and, um, and another friend of mine was asking me about that and I said, you know, it's funny because really we, we that's just really how we talk. <laughs> like it's just, we're, we're just talking <laughs> on the phone, just discussing like we normally would. And so it's just really not that difficult because that's what we do all the time anyway. So it's not really a difference other than the fact that people are now listening in um, when usually they're not. It's just you and I. Thank goodness they're not listening in. And usually we, uh, I mean, this is a 30-minute show, and usually when we're on the phone, it goes upwards to three hours. So, you know, you really don't want to hear the whole conversation. (laughs) Too much information usually. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Tosh, can you give a little bit of information about the call-in number two? Sure, most definitely. Okay, so today, as Annette told you guys, it is Thoughtful Thursday. And as we said at the beginning of the week, we are sharing stories today, stories of hope, stories of inspiration, stories of overcoming, um, just touching stories that you might have to share or um, that we have to bring to you that we've found online or that we've experienced ourselves. Um, We have a call-in number, as you all well know. I mention it every day. 347-215-6929. Again, the number is 347-215-6929. You can call in to simply listen to the show, and if that is what you're wanting to do, then when you call that number, it will prompt you that if you would like to speak to the host, you can press 1. If you simply want to listen to the show, please do not press 1 because you will be in our caller queue and we will answer you, and then you'll be on air. And so if you don't have anything to say, that will be awkward for all of us. So if you just simply listen rather than pressing 1, 
um, then then you won't have to worry about being on air. If you do have a short a story to share, or you do have a question or something to add to the show, and you would like to be heard on air, then you do press one, and we will see you in the caller queue, and we will answer when we're ready for you. Um, speaking of thoughtful Thursday, today what we're going to do, and of course, like I said, if you have a story to share and you want to share it on this show, you're still welcome to do so during this show, as long as it's um, you know, we want to make sure that we answer your call at 10 minutes before showtime ends. So we want to make sure that if you are going to call in, you do that at least no later than 5:20, because this show does end at 5:30. Um, but until we have someone calling in with a story, we of course chose a story to share with you today, and um, I have gone to great lengths to encourage Annette Bingham, also known as Francis Bingham. <laughs> when she writes, to share a story from the book that she recently published, which I highly recommend. Uh, It is a great read, and I hope that everyone out there will go to Amazon.com and find this in the Kindle store at Amazon.com. You don't have to have a Kindle to uh, download the book, but uh, that is where you can find it. And it is A View from the Threshold, True Ghost Stories and Other Spirit Encounters. And I have, uh, again, gone to great lengths to encourage Annette to share a story from that book today. And so that is what she's going to do. Right, Annette? (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, had she been in the same room, she would have been twisting my arm because I don't do this well. Self-promotion is not what I do very well. But I am going to share a story with you uh, from the book, and it's not really a ghost story, but it's about uh, listening to our inner guidance, which is part of our spiritual part and part of our spirit. So um, I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to really kind of tell you about it. My kids, all three of my kids were really young, and um, we were going to make this trip from Arizona to West Texas. And my kids were not like me because when I got in a car to travel, I would fall asleep immediately and not wake up until we stopped in another town. My kids needed to be entertained, and it was about 739 miles from Arizona to West Texas where we were going to stop. And, you know, I had prepared the kids with all their toys and tons of snacks and pillows and blankets and all that. I had gotten my car... um, fixed, you know, the oil changed and rotated the tires. It was all clean and spiffy. But as I was packing my car, something just really started eating at me. I I got a really negative feeling, like, should I even go on this trip? What is the issue? I I couldn't shake it, but something didn't feel right. And so I started thinking about, um, the route that I was going to take, and I had two options. I could hit the interstate immediately, or I could go through a couple of small towns and then hit the interstate later on down by Tucson. And I just went, I argued, actually argued with myself, because I'm thinking the sooner I can get there, the better with three little kids. You know, this is going to be awful. (laughs) <laughs> but I decided to go through the small towns and um, just decided that that was, I was new to this intuition stuff back then and wasn't really good at always listening to my intuition. So it was a real 
breakthrough for me to finally listen that clearly. So we loaded up the car and we took off, and we went through the first small town, no problem. Went through the second one, and suddenly all hell broke loose on my car. It was like I couldn't steer it. It was just shaking me around so badly. It didn't even feel like a flat tire because I'd had a flat before. This was just like my whole car was falling apart. So I pulled over as best I could, and I got out, and I walked around to the passenger side of the car, and one of my wheels had almost come off the car. It was barely hanging on. I mean, I just stood there and took a gulp and going, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So what had happened was I figured out that had I gone the interstate going 70 miles an hour, we would have died. I have no doubt in my mind we would have died because Mm -hmm. there's no way I could have held it onto the road and no way I would have had that little bit of warning to be able to pull over. So that was... was, uh, you know, I'm I'm lots of gratitude for that. Oh, definitely. But then I had another problem. <laughs> I'm standing there with my tire almost off my car, and there was no way I could have put it back on because of the I was really on an incline, and no way I could have done it. Just no way. Right. So I did not have a cell phone, of course. That was back before the cell phone. Um, This little town, there wasn't much to it, and we were just outside of town, right next to a penitentiary. Wow. That was the only thing. Yeah, and I'm going, oh, wow. (laughs) So I stood there, and I'm just thinking, okay, what do I do now? And then a man from the Department of Public Safety in his truck pulled up. Thank goodness. And he put the wheel back on. And I was grateful, gave him something cold to drink because it was hot. And we took off down the road. So I was just really thankful for listening to my intuition. And it literally you know, saved our lives, I believe. And it's so important for us to learn that language of our intuition. And it's okay to argue with it, but in the end, you really need to follow through with it and listen to it. So that's my story. That's a story of gratitude and uh, listening to myself. And um, so I'm very thankful for that. Well, and, and, you know, and... Let me say first that that's what's so great about this book that you wrote is that it isn't just ghost stories like like the title says it's true ghost stories and other other spirit encounters and so it isn't just ghost stories there are great ghost stories in this book so if you love a good ghost story again you can find it at amazon.com in the Kindle store uh, View from the Threshold, True Ghost Stories, and Other Spirit Encounters by Frances Bingham. Make sure that you look that up because she does not go by Annette Bingham when she writes. But but you tell other stories as well about, like you said, spirit encounters and, and uh, dealings with intuition. And, and 
you know, it's just part of us that we really, the spirit, that we don't necessarily, uh, it's not necessarily tangible. It's something that we feel, uh, a little voice inside our head, a feeling in our gut. You know, people refer to it as different things, but it's all it's all intuition. And I've had the conversation with you before, Annette. Uh, we've discussed, you know, intuition in the past, and I've I've often asked you, is this my intuition or is this fear? You know, when I'm I'm giving I'm asking oh, yeah. you something or asking for your feedback regarding a specific situation, and you've always said to me, you know, if you take all the fear out. If you just ask the question, what is the answer? And it's that simple because there isn't fear in intuition, and intuition just is. It's just you just feel it, you just know it. There's no, it's not fear based. There's no anxiety with it. If there's anxiety with it, then it's fear. And right, that is the that is the difference, and that is something that has been very um, important for me to distinguish. And to help me to know which it is, because as we discussed, I believe it was yesterday, um, I'm a high-anxiety person. And if you're a high-anxiety person living in fear, then, uh, you know, it's it's one of those situations where you're constantly having this uncomfortable feeling about things. And so if you can't right. discern between intuition and anxiety, then you'd have a difficult time ever going out of the house, you know, and of course... Obviously, like I said, I've dealt with my own counseling to deal with that stuff and to get through some of that anxiety. But, of course, it's still there. It's always going to be there. It's always going to be something I battle. Um, And it's been very good for me to know the difference and to hear that from you numerous times is that, you know, if if it comes with anxiety, if it comes with fear, then it is fear. And if it just is, if it's just the answer that's coming to you and there's no anxiety with it, then that's intuition. And it's it's often not... Um, well, for instance, in this story, mm-hmm. I was anxious about it. I didn't mm-hmm. really have any fear about it because I didn't know why I was having this hard decision trying to decide which direction to go. In my right. mind, it was, I don't want to spend extra time in the car with three little kids. Sure. You know, the sooner I can hit Lamisa, Texas, the better. Um, so it was uncomfortable but it wasn't fear-based. And so often we have to to just say, okay, when I think of this, does this give me fear? It may give you an uncomfortable feeling, right? but is it really fear or is it just uncomfortable? Right. For instance, you know, and and, um, I'll share a story, um, just a personal story, and this just has to do with intuition. Um, I guess it was about three or four years ago. I'm not quite sure of the year, but it, it would have had to be at least three years ago. And Annette, you know this story. Um, I was mm-hmm. I'm a runner, as we discussed, and I oh, yeah. I typically run at a specific park. And when I do, um, I typically wait until the sun goes down because I don't like running in the heat. Um, and it is, you know, I live in West Texas. It's very hot in the summers and uh, this happened to be in the fall, but as you well know, in the fall, the time changes, and as such, it gets dark quite early. I mean, 7, 7.30, you know, it's already dark. And um, I work at a place that, you know, I don't get off until uh, quite late, and so 
and when I say quite late, I mean that the sun would have already been down, but yet it would not have even been, you know, 8.30 yet. So um, we're talking about a decent time. There were people out, you know, walking. And, again, when it gets dark early, people are going to be out. You know, between 7 and 8.30, you're still going to have people out. And so people were out walking and running, and I wasn't the only one. I'm I'm hypervigilant when I run. I'm very careful. Um, I don't want to be, you know, out there alone by any means. That's just an eerie feeling. So I, you know, I'm always making sure that there's others out there and there's cars that, you know, uh, around that I can spot and houses with lights on and all of this. And when I run, and I, I will highly suggest to any listeners that we have out there um, that that also run or walk outdoors. Um, in, and in my opinion, I think this is good safety advice, and I, I recommend it to all my friends. Don't wear your headphones when you're running or walking outside especially like late you know when it's when the sun is down when it or when it's dark outside because you really want all of your senses about you because you are vulnerable and I hate that it, it is the truth and I I realize that we live in you know a culture that teaches women how to not get raped rather than teaching men how to not rape but at the same time uh and that's an argument for another day but at the same time, we do have to be careful, and um, certainly when you have those headphones on, you're not alert. You can't. You, one of your most important senses is gone, you know, because you can't hear anything coming up toward you or around you. And I was not wearing mine, thankfully, that day. I uh, did have my phone with me. I was running. I also carry um, some sort of weapon or pepper spray or anything with me at all times. And I uh, was running. I had finished my run. I was doing my cool-down walk. I'd actually received a phone call from a close friend, and I answered the phone. And I was so, you know, at this point walking. And um, I'm talking to my friend, and I'm always hypervigilant about my surroundings. And that is, you know, an intuitive sense about me to just make sure that there's Nothing around, that there's nothing in the Jesus of survival mechanism for sure. Some of it has to do with, I think, some things that happened when I was growing up. Maybe I'm a little bit too hypervigilant about it, but um, <laughs> it keeps me safe. So I, you know, was making sure that that everything around me looks normal. And I happened to look at this cluster of bushes, and I saw a figure humped down, uh, it seems kind of slumped down on the ground. And I didn't initially think a lot of it like I wasn't initially frightful I actually thought okay I mean there are a lot of students who go to this particular park and they sit and they hang out and they you know smoke out whatever they do and so I at that time thought okay that could be that you know but keep an eye on it because it doesn't it looks suspicious so as I approached this area, and that this particular area is close to the track that I was on, and so as I approached that area, I really started to feel that intuitive sense of this is not okay. There's something wrong. Like, this is not safe. I didn't feel fearful because I knew I had a weapon and I had a phone and I felt, you know, I knew all my surroundings and where to go immediately, uh, where the light was, where the nearest house with the light on was, right across the street. I was marking all that in my mind and making, you know, uh, mental notes. And so I wasn't fearful, but I was aware 
this was not a safe situation. So as I'm walking, and it's, like I said, it's dark, but there's there's lighting at this park. It's minimal, but it's there. And I was approaching a corner with a streetlight, and as I began to approach where this per- person seemed to be slumped down, I turned around and started walking backwards. And the reason I did that is because if this person were to raise up and come at me, I would see it um, rather than them coming up behind me, which has always been a terrible fear of mine. And so I saw this person slump down, I'm walking backwards. However, he cannot see me other than just my shape because the light hasn't hit me yet and it's dark and I'm wearing all black per usual. And I, as I'm walking backwards towards the light, I see him rise up and he runs at me in a diagonal direction toward me, reaching in his pocket, pulling out a weapon, I'm assuming a knife, and he gets to me. When the light hits me, he can see I'm facing him, and he stops because it startled him because he wasn't expecting to see my face, and he was completely covered head to toe. In other words, no um, identifying marks revealed other than his face and a teardrop tattoo under his eye, and he jumped at me, like kind of lunged at me, I think, to test me. Annette, you know me. I am someone yeah. who <laughs> I am someone <laughs> who will talk a lot of so called smack when I'm upset and I and I'm and I'm being <laughs> challenged or I'm I'm angry or whatever. And I you know, I'd automatically that's my that is my shoot from the hip reaction. But my intuition once again jumped in and said, I mean, it was almost as if someone was talking to me and and said, Tasha, do not do this with this particular person. You need to simply keep walking, same pace, take bigger strides, keep walking backwards, use your same pace. Do not say a word to him because if you do, you will challenge him. And this is the kind of person who is a predator who will have to prove himself because he's looking for power. I mean, literally, it felt like someone was saying those words to me, and I did. I just I started taking bigger strides so that I didn't run because I didn't want to show fear, but I also didn't want to uh, challenge his masculinity or his power or whatever he was trying to prove. Um, and I just kept walking, and I, I was carrying a, a switchblade, <laughs> and I switched it out. And I had my phone on the ready, which let me just interject. I, I would never want to have to use that weapon, and that was that was a, a part for me, too, that was like, I don't want to have to do that. You know, like, that's not a comfortable situation for me. But the sound of it and the fact that I had it and the fact that I had a phone and I had already told my friend, once he saw my face, I said, call 911, and I started talking as if I was talking to the police, like to the dispatcher, the 911 dispatcher, and once he heard the switchblade and he he heard my voice talking to what he thought was a 911 dispatcher, he simply put his weapon back in his pocket and turned around and walked the other direction. And then I kept walking, same pace, facing again him, walking backwards until the cops came so that I could see him and can see him continue to go, you know, the opposite direction of me and and until I was safe with the police. And I do honestly believe, you know, 
that, again, was a situation where intuition absolutely, 100%, if not saved my life, certainly saved me some extreme damage, you know, because I, oh, sure. I certainly feel that he he was out there for purposes of sexual assault. I know that. Sure. I mean, and he was certainly looking for power. My intuition was telling me, like, don't. Don't engage this person. Do not run from this person because he will. That will also engage him. But definitely don't challenge him. Just keep walking and treat it like you would. Um, you know how some people say if you come up on a stray dog, don't show fear. Just mm-hmm. it was kind of like that. It was like you know, just treat him the same way that you would in that situation. Just continue walking backwards, take bigger strides, right. and show him that you're. If you if he comes at you, you're going to be trouble. But don't engage him in any way and I was forever and I will be forever grateful for the intuition and protecting me in that specific incident and the fact that I listened to it rather than just blowing it off and thinking I was making something out of nothing because if I had done that then God knows what would have happened to me yeah you're right you're right mm-hmm. and intuition is people say well what is it it's really just that that voice in your head, not the crazy mm-hmm. voice that tells you to do crazy things, but, <laughs> but it is that voice in your head that comes from a, a source deep within yourself or another source. I believe in guides and angels and, you know, loved ones who will give us information, but it's those voices that we hear that give us information that's helpful to us. And sometimes if we're not used to using it, we don't often hear it. So I always tell people, you know, one of the best ways to do that is to play with your intuition and have fun with it. And just, you know, drive around and say, okay, which way do I go? And the first thought that pops in your head, you go that direction. And it's not just listening your intuition it's actually acting on it and sometimes the intuition you get is going to sound really counterproductive Mm -hmm. but in the long run it really is the best thing so you know i'm sorry to interrupt you but i was going to say that that sounds a lot like well first of all it sounds a lot like you're about to assign some homework. But also, <laughs> it sounds it sounds a lot like, um, you know, I know that you've done this because we've discussed it, but I do this often. I'll be driving somewhere, right, and I, I need to take, let's say, mm-hmm. for instance, the loop. You know, here in, in Lubbock we have Loop 289 or the March of Sharp Freeway. Um, so let's say, you know, I need to take the loop and it would be faster. But something tells me, you know, my intuition says, don't do that. Don't Don't take the loop. Yeah. Go the residential route. And I don't even question it now. I'm just like, okay, I don't know why I'm not supposed to. And I never even know why. Like, I don't end up on the side of a road with my wheel off. I don't ever actually know why I needed to do that. I just don't question it. I just take the residential route and realize that there was some reason I wasn't supposed to get on the loop. And I may or may not, you know, I may or may not know what that reason was. But it was there, and I'm going to trust it, and I go with it. And that's that's the main thing. Just play with it. You know, where's the closest parking space? Oh, it's to the left. Okay, to the front of the store. It's the, you know, whatever. Just keep going with it, and soon you learn that language. It is a language within yourself, and everybody's language is a little bit different. 
And I always tell people, when you feel like you have a hit of intuition, where do you feel it in your body? Because a lot of times that intuition will show up as a sensation in your body. And you learn that language of what it feels like, where the sensation is. It may be a tightness in the head. It may be in your gut. I mean, you know, that's where the term gut feeling comes from, you know. Yeah. That is something that you just have to play with. But we are a good grief. These shows go by so quickly. I know. I know they do. <gasps> I know. Um, we could talk about intuition forever. But um, homework, Tasha's right. <laughs> Practice your intuition tonight and tomorrow and see what you come up with. Play with it. Just go with the first thought that comes in your head. And then you'll be able to learn that language on your own and make better choices for yourself. I think that's real important. And tomorrow is Casual Friday. We'll be in our jammies. No, not really. Um, I might sit Um So if you want to talk to us, use the call-in number, press 1. This is all about questions that you might have or thoughts that you might have. We would love to hear from you. And, uh, you know, get on our Facebook page, Girl Power Half Hour, Google that, and we will be talking to you tomorrow at 5 p.m. Central. Bye, Tosh. That's right. Um, And also, if you are uncomfortable being on air, make sure that you send your questions to us. Um, on the Facebook page, again, it's Girl Power Half Hour. Look us up. You can send us questions via the Facebook page by a private message. Uh, you can do that, and we will we'll post your questions or we'll talk about your questions, and we'll answer them on air for you if you are not comfortable asking them on air. Absolutely. So we will talk to everybody tomorrow. Bye. Bye-bye.